Welcome to the Sober Plug Podcast, where I get you disconnected from addiction and plugged into recovery. I'm your host, Connor Duffy. If you're struggling with addiction, you can reach out to my direct line. That is 203-917-8862. Again, 203-917-8862. What I want to talk with you about today is basically the fact that we get sober because we need to, but we stay sober because we want to. When we're first getting sober, a lot of times we are not happy about where we are. We don't necessarily get sober because we are pumped up about it and because we are happy, joyous, and free to, to finally um, fall into the arms of recovery, so to speak. You know what I mean? It, it's pretty dark times. And so it becomes more out of necessity and more out of a desperation attempt to make a change. At least that's how it was for me. I wasn't pumped up to get sober. I wasn't pumped up at the idea that I couldn't get high anymore. I wasn't pumped up at the idea that I needed to face my problems and face reality for what it was. And the idea of facing life on life's terms and, and actually having to face the music was daunting. I started getting high at nine years old. You know what I'm saying? So I had no idea how to live a sober life. It just blew my mind how the how that would even work. You know what I mean? I realistically did not think it would be possible. And so the reason why I was able to give it a shot and I was willing to do so was because I knew something needed to change. I knew, all I knew was the place I was in was not sustainable. I wasn't even worried about death. I was more worried about suffering and being miserable for a, a strung out amount of time. You know what I'm saying? And that's what really concern me. Um, so the idea of death didn't even necessarily scare me. I just knew I did not want to continue living the way that I was. So I said, you know what, fuck it. It's time for me to make a change. And if, uh, if I want my misery back, I know exactly what I can do to get it. Um, my master plan before I got sober was essentially to give myself a week. I said, all right, let's shoot for a week. You know, let's, Let's see if we could, by some miracle, pull ourselves together, get a week together, get some money together, and then go on another run. That was my master plan. If I didn't like how I was feeling, if I didn't uh, feel good about my uh, position and how things were going, I was just going to do that and, and go back out. So what happened was the total opposite. I came in. I listened. I went to AA. You know, that, and that's not everybody's route, and that's totally fine. I don't push it on anybody, but A saved my life. It did. It was the perfect thing for me at that time period of my life. And I was the youngest person in the room, easily, um, by a lot. And I finally became willing to listen to other people for the first time in my life because I recognized that other people had shit that I did not have. And these people, at least had some responsibility, they had some integrity, they were smiling and laughing, and they, I knew that they were being honest with what they were presenting, you know? Because when you're living in addiction, it's real normal to spot the bullshit, you know? You, you don't see any honest figures or people that are living happy, joyous, and free, you know what I'm saying? A lot of, a lot of dark things going on um, when you're hanging out with your drug buddies, you know what I mean? So I saw something different and I wanted that. 
You know what I mean? And I didn't know if I could achieve that, but it was something that I thought would be a cool idea if I could acquire, you know? So I came into recovery under the guise that I just needed it. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't want to stay sober. I just knew I had to do it. And my outlook on sobriety was pretty gloomy. Um, I'd say, you know, for the first, for the first month or so, you know what I mean? And, and I would consider myself very lucky. Of course, I had my ups and downs in early recovery, of course, in my first year, but things did start to change for me. I did start to, um, have faith in the process. I did have people in my corner that wanted to see me win. I did have people in my corner that were honest with me and told me to shut the fuck up and, and listen. And if I, if they wanted to get high, they would listen to me. If I wanted to get sober, I needed to listen to them. And that made a lot of sense to me. And I became humble enough to actually hear that. So I think what changed was slowly but surely my faith started to grow little by little. I started to feel just a little bit better. You know what I mean? I had just a little bit of momentum here and there. You know what I mean? I, I got through the withdrawals and and I started to hold my head up a little bit higher. I got a job, and I've spoken about this before. It was a brutal job working on a farm. And, you know, I'm from, I'm from New York, not New York City, but about an hour from the city. And I didn't grow up with farms and shit, you know. But where I was living at this current time, there was a farm uh, in, the, in the town. And so I worked on that farm, worked really, really hard, long days, short pay, and I busted my ass. And it was the best thing that could have happened to me. You know, it was the absolute best thing. It was physically draining. I was around positive people, a good environment, out in nature, uh, learning about plants and, and organic, you know, organic vegetables and fruits and shit like that. I mean, it was really cool. It was a really cool experience and it was just exactly what I needed in that moment. You know what I mean? I needed a humbling job. I needed something that was going to make me physically exhausted at the end of the day and was going to keep my mind busy. And that's exactly what it did. And so little by little, I just started to feel a little bit better. You know what I mean? It, it, I didn't have like this lightning strike me on, on the top of my head and I all of a sudden was cured of addiction and I was just happy, joyous and free all of a sudden. It doesn't happen that way. But something did change where all of a sudden I wanted to be sober. I didn't want to go back to using, you know? Of course cravings would come. Of course difficulties came, but little by little I was like embracing recovery. I started to hang out with, although I was clearly the youngest person in the room, there were, there were some younger guys and then I started to branch out a little bit and go a few towns over and, and go to uh, young people's meetings and started to get acclimated with with other people that were like me. And man, you know, just small things like being able to uh, bring food home for my mom and just being able to contribute and which I wasn't able to contribute much, you know what I mean? But just the fact that I was able to stay sober and be a good son for the first time in a long time. Um, I, I would have these intervals of time where I would notice a little bit of peace would, would fall upon me by accident. And I, and I would recognize it like, Oh shit. Like I haven't thought about getting high once today. You know what I mean? Um, 
wow, this is, you know, something is working here and I don't even know what it is, but I'm just going to keep rolling with it. Um, I would like read the big book during my lunch break and shit like that. You know, I, I, I started to get really committed to taking this serious because I started to want to live. And I'm telling you, when I first started, that was not the case. If you would have told me when I first got sober that in a month or two time, I would be in a totally different headspace and I would be doing well and have momentum in, the po- in a positive direction, I would have looked at you like you had four fucking heads. I mean, I was shooting for like a week at most. I, I didn't even think that was possible. Never mind seven days, seven hours was a miracle. You know, I was, I just came from a place where I was on the verge of homelessness, nothing to my name with a fucking needle in my arm. You know what I mean? So the idea of being even slightly, uh, joyous or have any type of pleasure without, um, manufactured dopamine in my system seemed like a blasphemous idea. And just little by little, man, things started to work out and I could not explain it. I really couldn't. I just knew that something bigger than me was working in my life. No doubt about it. Because I finally got out of my own way. I finally was like, you know what? Let me hand over the fucking steering wheel here. Because I'm driving this car into the ground. I'm driving this car into the guardrail and into trees. And clearly, I cannot steer my life in a direction that is respectable or responsible. So I got humble and I became willing. And, you know, for the first time ever, I took direction. I was the most stubborn kid you'd ever met in your life. I promise. <laughs> I would not listen to anybody. You know what I mean? I was always against uh, authoritative figures, um, you know, teachers, principals, things like that. And, and not that I would give every teacher a hard time. It just if I felt like disrespected, like a teacher thought they had authority over me and treated me that way, I, I would totally snap back. You know what I mean? And, and that's just how I was. Like, I don't say that to sound cool or anything because it's not. I was a little prick. But my point is, is I had a very, very difficult time growing up taking any type of direction. And so my bottom in addiction, where it had brought me, was such a low mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, um, relationally, all, all these different areas of my life. It, I was at such a bottom where I was like, man, I just gotta, I just gotta give up. I just gotta do something different. And, um, and it worked, man. It did. And I'm so grateful that I had that I guess that moment of clarity, that little bit of clarity in my bottom where I I needed to try something different and it continued, you know, I, I don't know how I didn't get the fuck it's and I didn't go on a run because one of the things that, and this truly is a miracle is when I, when I moved out of, I was living in Poughkeepsie, New York at the time. When, uh, you know, I was on the verge of homelessness, I didn't have a dollar to my name, but, but the thing was my landlord, the guy I was renting the, uh, the room from, he wanted me out so bad that he allowed me to leave my month's rent, uh, early. 
So he gave me some money back. You know, I got my deposit back and he gave me like half of the month's rent back. So I was paying like $400 a month for this little shithole room. And he, uh, all of a sudden I had 600 bucks, but here I am, I'm supposed to be living with my mother and trying to stay sober. So long story short, I had this $600 burning a hole in my pocket, trying to get sober, detoxing at home, um, while my mom was going to work and I had $600 on me that I wanted to get high with so badly and I still can't figure out how I didn't. Something stuck in my head and I don't believe this was my, like, I don't believe this was my thinking or my willpower. I just think I was so distraught and brought to such a dark place that I I just stuck it out, you know what I'm saying? And I think that that was something higher than me. I really do. Because any other time, I, w I was going on another run. I was spending that money. There ain't no way you could give me $600 or any type of dollars and not be spent on heroin or Xanax. So for some reason, I just stuck it through. And, you know, I think about that now. And obviously the topic of this episode here is is um, we, we get sober because we need to, but we stay sober because we want to, you know? And I started to want to get sober. After that, of course, I mean, in the, during the detox period, I, I still didn't want to, to necessarily do it, but I did stick it out, and eventually it turned into a want. I started to develop relationships. Um, I started to develop a relationship, most importantly, with myself. I started to get things back in my life, you know, my, my a little bit of pride, not a lot, you know, I was still living a humble life. Um, I moved into uh, this very small studio with my mom. It was just me and my mom and uh, it was a blessing. It was the biggest blessing for me, man. Really, really humbling um, beginnings, like as far as my journey goes, because um, we were not in a good position financially um, mentally, emotionally, any of that. And everything just played out exactly how it was supposed to. Um, I started to gain friends in recovery. I started to do, uh, acts of service. I started to get into hobbies again. I started to play sports and, and, um, you know, watching sports and, and being plugged in with, you know, the Knicks, watching them go on a big playoff run and watching the Mets and stuff like that. You know, like I just started to become like a human being again. And, and it felt really good. And I wanted more of that. All of a sudden, I wanted to be responsible. All of a sudden, I wanted the, the chaos to, to kind of just be left behind me. And I didn't want that distress and, and that chaotic lifestyle that I was so used to. Because for a long time, I loved that shit. I, I did. I, I, I loved, I was just as addicted to, to selling drugs as I was to, to doing them. You know what I mean? That was a lifestyle change, too. And I welcomed that type of lifestyle because it kept me busy. It, it, uh, it did a lot of things for me in a sick way. And so I was always uh, attracted to this chaos. And eventually I got to this place in sobriety where I was welcoming peace. Welcoming peace. Like, if you were to tell me that six months earlier, I w again, I would have looked at you like you were crazy. I didn't know what peace was. My peace was heroin. My peace was, was being 
you know, uh, 10 Zanny bars deep on, on uh, you know, 10 bars deep on Xanax and not even knowing where I was. Um, my piece was being into, uh, being knocked into complete oblivion and having no idea um, what was going on. You know, that was my piece. And I didn't think that that was possible in sobriety, in recovery. So if you're listening to this and you don't know how you're going to get through this journey or you're worried about long-term sobriety, forget all that, man. You have to take it one day at a time, as cliche as it sounds. You really do. You don't have to worry about the next year. You just got to worry about the next 24 hours. Hell, worry about the next hour if you have to because there ain't nothing, there ain't nothing good for you going backwards. You know what I'm saying? The reason why we get sober to begin with is because we're going through hell. And if you're going through hell, you don't unpack your shit and stay there. You keep going. You keep marching forward. So any type of instant release that you think you're going to get from the drugs, just remember where it actually brings you or the alcohol, right? Remember to the end point, not the starting point. We tend to do that. We tend to look at drugs and alcohol as, as this, uh, this savior. We look at it through rose-colored glasses, you know what I mean? And... Um, The truth of the matter is that's long gone. We're not 15 anymore. We're older. We're more weathered. We know in our soul and our gut that our using leads to unmanageability one way or another. Even if you're a functioning alcoholic or a functioning addict, it still leads to unmanageability because you can't manage self. Right? So don't get caught up in in looking at things for what it's not. Addiction is powerful. It tricks us into, into um, believing that it's an actual solution. It's not. It is in the short term, but it's not a sustainable solution. And that's the most important thing. So recovery is about figuring out how to find these sustainable solutions, these coping mechanisms, and how to trudge through life little by little. In the beginning, it can be tough. It's like a you know, trudge the road to happy destiny type of mentality. And eventually, you know, the light gets a little lighter. It gets a little lighter. And eventually we're like, okay, this ain't that bad. I can do this. And eventually we want to. And eventually we want to serve other people. That's the idea of recovery, being able to serve others. Might not necessarily be in recovery. You don't have to help people get sober per se. But the idea of life, I believe, is to truly build yourself up, become the best man, become the best woman you can be, and then you give that man, you give that woman to the world. That's what I think life really is about. It's, it's, it can't be about self. Because every fucking time that I focused on me, 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 getting what I want, what I need, it never led to fulfillment. It never led to actual joy. It led to pleasure, you know, short-term pleasures, short-term gains, but then I needed more and it was never enough. And we can't afford that in recovery. We actually have to be good people. Go fucking figure. If you want to stay sober, you need to transcend as a human being. You need to become a different individual. And you don't have to figure that out tonight. You don't have to figure that out, uh, you know, in the next day or two. But just little by little, you got to start working on, it starts with working on self. And then eventually it extends to others. 
And if you create the man that you're proud of, you create the woman that you're proud of, and then you give that to the next person, man, you'll be, you'll be halfway to the moon. That's better than any high you'll ever feel. And I mean that shit. It's a good feeling. It really is. And then all of a sudden, you, you not just want to stay sober. You want to help others in whatever field it is that you're passionate about. And that takes on a whole nother life of itself. So, listen, if you're struggling with addiction, you can reach out to my direct line. It's 203-917-8862. Again, 203-917-8862. If you could rate this podcast or share it with a friend, I would greatly appreciate it. I don't do any ads or you know anything like that to get publicity for it. So, um, if you share it or rate it, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, I hope you have a fantastic day. And uh, remember, eventually you will want it. You just got to keep going forward, you know, just keep marching forward. So much love. I will see you on the next one.